welcome to a special Sports Girls podcast brought to you by sportstalk.ie. We are delighted to be in the four-star Harlequin Hotel in Castle Bar, joined by 11-time All-Star Cora Staunton before she jets off to Australia to begin her professional career in the AFL with the Great Western Sydney Giants. Well, of course, you're at the All-Stars and you earned your 11th All-Star award, which makes you tied with Mary Jo Curran of Kerry. Yeah, delighted obviously, um, you know, that's, the individual awards at the end of a long season are always very nice to pick up, um, uh, especially um, when it's been a tough, um, tough end to our season with Mayo. Um, we're still involved in club championships, so the season is really running with our club, Karen and Cun, we're out next weekend in the All-Ireland Club final. Um, but yeah, it's lovely to pick up the award last night personally, but also for my two teammates to pick them up and it was their first award. Um, our captains here, Tierney, getting the full-back um, slot and um, Aileen Gilroy, our midfielder as well, getting um, um, her award her first time and also the girls who were nominated uh, two club mates of mine Fiona Michaela and Martha Carter and Sarah Rowe and um, I mean, you know it's it's great for them to get nominated and obviously for the girls to get the awards it's you know it's it's a nice kind of thing to get at the end of a very tough season. Just talking about Mayo it has been a mixed year for you because obviously you lost the Connacht final to Galway you had quite a heavy defeat then Peter Leahy came in and joined your management team and I suppose at the start of the year if people you know, from outside of Mayo were to say that Mayo would be in an All-Ireland final, they wouldn't really believe it. Donegal were going really well at the start of the year. They were tipping them to be in the All-Ireland, in the All-Ireland final. And then, of course, Cork, they thought that they would have a comeback. So you were under, underdogs going into the Cork game and the Donegal game. So I suppose you did have success in turning over them two big teams. But, of course, you fell short at the finish line. Yeah, I suppose when you look back overall, yeah, it's, it's, it's a disappointing in the regard of the Connacht final um, and, losing to go in, and losing so heavily. You know, I think the Connacht final, because it's Mayo Galway, the matches always kind of take on a life of their own. And, you know, they're very difficult. You know, it form kind of goes out the window and, you know, you could beat each other in any given year. Um, but obviously after that, we, we, you know, had a bit of a change in management. Peter Lee from Westmead came in and we also had another guy from Mayo, Niall Herfinan, come in. And, you know, just uh, a few things were changed to training and um, our training load was abs- um, actually upped and we were training a bit more. And I suppose that gave us a bit of confidence and, you know, we knew going into the Donegal game we're a massive underdogs but you know Donegal were probably being a bit hyped up in the media um, during the year um, it was their you know they'd never reached an All-Ireland semi-final at, at senior level you know while Mayo had been there quite often so going into that game I suppose we were you know going in not really more in hope than anything that you know we'd know we'd been performing well at training and you know we just went out and just, you know put the ethos in the team we're working hard and you know leave everything out on the pitch and thankfully we've done that and then obviously we moved on to Cork two weeks later and you know that was even a huge huge bigger challenge and we had you know to the to I think it's 10 or 11 times All-Ireland champions that we were facing um, you know that was you know to for a lot of the younger girls it was very daunting and you know would never have beaten Cork at any level um, so yeah we went out to that game and obviously you know had a great performance under our belt that day and you know that was a, a huge win and probably a huge win and when you look at it overall in the season especially for our younger girls and obviously yeah, to the final you know we haven't really had much time to think back and look back at it or analyse the match but you know we were disappointed that we never really performed and they never got out of the blocks bar maybe the first 15 or 20 minutes and things from there kind of just you know we never got going and you know the best team won on the day in Dublin were our worthy champions and you know I just don't think that we um, done ourselves justice on the day but you know these experiences especially to younger players in the team and as a group um, you'd hope would stand to them you know I know myself 
when we lost the All-Ireland in 2001 and 2007, they always stand here and they always make it maybe a little bit hardened and you know, obviously that happened to Dublin, they lost three All-Irelands in a row to Cork and finally they won this year and you know, that's you know, a heartbreak for them but it makes you a bit stronger, it makes you probably a bit more resilient and you know, hope for 2018 with Peter now at the Hillam that you know, the girls will go forward and you know, these experiences will make them, make them um, better, better players and, and, a, and a better team. You mentioned there obviously about Australia, clearly they didn't have any problem with you sticking around for the All-Ireland final, of course that's one that's extremely close to your heart. Yeah, well I suppose that was the whole agreement, I went out um, after the, um, the, Saturday, the, the day after, um, or the day or two after the Connacht semi-final against Kilbride um, and I had, had to get out kind of that week because that was when the draft and was out and had to be out before that Wednesday to be drafted or it would have been no good so yeah lucky enough I got out that week and you know, explained my situation to the club once we'd done the medical and, and the physical and um, agreed contracts and stuff like that and you know decided that I wanted to do it and the club wanted me but I you know I always told them that I wouldn't be able to come out till you know Carnacun was whenever their journey ended whether it was Connacht final stage or Ireland semi-final stage whatever it was um, and you know they, they obviously were totally understanding of that and a couple of days after the All-Ireland I'm out there um, into pre-season you know and that's going to be a whole new challenge for me you know um, you know a whole new journey in itself and, and, and trying to pick up the game very quickly you know I'll probably have the guts of maybe seven or eight weeks of uh, pre-season. Um, some of the girls are off over the Christmas. Obviously, I won't be off too much over the Christmas because I'm, I have missed a bit, a quite a bit of pre-season already. Um, so, you know, I'll have to get into the flow of the game and learn it. And, you know, games come thick and fast then from the end of January till the end of March. I think we've um, eight games in a row, so I'll be, you know, obviously, hope, please God, I'll be involved in, in, in them. And, you know, I'm just hoping that I'll pick up the game quick enough and the body will hold up for the couple of months that I'll be out there. It's an amazing opportunity, you know, one that isn't just given out to any ladies footballer. How did the opportunity arise? Yeah, I suppose it's, it's quite funny. Um, I've been um, an ambassador for the Asian GA Games for the last number of years. So I go out to Asia every year, kind of October, November time. And I was in Shanghai last year um, at the Games um, as an ambassador along with um, a couple of other people as well that get, get invited out every year. Um, so one of the guys that got invited out was a guy from Cavan, Nicholas Walsh. But Nicholas hasn't lived in Cavan in quite a while. Um, he used to work with the GEA, but now he's a, a defensive coach with the club that I'm going to, the Sydney Giants. So I had a chat to Nicholas, the two of us were there in Shanghai for the week and had a chat with him and he was just telling me about his role, his job, um, what, what, what it entailed in the club. Obviously I knew a bit about AFL and I probably knew more about the Sydney Swans than I would about the mm -hmm. Sydney Giants and, you know, watched a bit of it on Tina G at the weekends and stuff like that. But he was telling me that there's a women's professional team um, competition starting and was starting last year when he was telling me he was starting then. Um, so I said, oh, I was just interested to ask him a few questions. I was left at that. And I think it was back maybe in January then a message from Nick saying that the club coach would like to talk to me. So from there, kind of things kind of were emails over and back and a couple of phone calls and stuff over and back and, you know, kind of got to, would you be interested if the club would like to, to get you to come out and, you know, hopefully in coming out that you'll decide that you'd like to sign for the club. So um, the, the coach, Alan, his son lives in London, so his son came over to our um, qualifier game against Kildare, watched the game. Um, and on the Sunday after the, the game, I met him here in Casabar and we'd done a bit of kicking around with the ball and he videoed it and obviously sent it back to his, to his dad. And then from there on, from July probably onwards, I was trying to get out to Australia um, to have 
for the club obviously to meet me and do my medical and stuff and agree agree terms with them and you know it was October by the time I could get out um, that I had, had a break with no games or you know training and stuff so eventually I got out and went out and obviously they were impressed with me and I was very impressed with the club and you know signed on from there you know um, as I said I'd be flying out a couple of days after the club All-Ireland um, into, into pre-season and you know into a, a, a very different lifestyle of, of being a professional sports person. You've given basically your whole life to the GEA, you know, especially Carnacon and the OGA. Obviously, you got to the All Ireland final this year, but I suppose, are you fortunate enough in a way that the opportunity has arose now? Yeah, yeah, it, I am. Yeah, I suppose I'm fortunate enough. Like, there's not many people at my age that'll be, um, be invited certainly to go and play a professional sport. Um, you know, I've been around the Mayo for 23 years. That was this year done, and you know, I'm 35 now. So, you know, that them opportunities really don't come around mm. to many people. So, I suppose when I came, I jumped to it. Um, I have family living in Sydney. My brother lives there with his wife and their two kids. So that makes the transition so much easier because they're, I'm going to be living very close to them, and I'll see them most of the time. Um, from a point of view of, um, you know, club and county, you know, I'm, you know, decisions for next year with counties won't be made till April. But I'm not going to be missing any club matches while I'm gone. If I do, it's maybe the first round of the league here in Mayo. Um, so I'm not going to be missing much. Yeah, if it was another stage, if it was 10 years ago and I was going to be missing a full season, would I have done it? Probably not. Um, you know, I had probably offers when I was in college, maybe when I would won All-Ireland with Mayo when I was 20 and 21, um, you know, to go to America and probably do financially okay outfit for the summer and, you know, live, live the life of, uh, for, for, as a J1 student in the summer and making quite a lot of money. Um, but you know, I turned all them offers down for a couple of years because if I'd done that, that was my year with Mayo done. Maybe not with club done, but it would be probably putting the club under a good bit of pressure. So now when it's not affecting really anything, you know, okay, you're missing a league with Mayo, you know, as I said, whether I'll play next year with Mayo, I've no decision made. I'm not missing anything with the club. Please God, we'll go out um, after, you know, hopefully winning our club final and, you know, I'll come back and we'll only be starting into club football. So I don't feel I'm letting anyone down in any way. Um, so yeah, that certainly made the decision a lot easier if I felt I was going to be letting club down. Or, or maybe county down and if I was younger um, yeah I certainly probably the decision would be a lot difficult would I have made it um, to go to Sydney who knows uh, pro probably not obviously you know the ladies game has gotten more professional you know over the years um, you're obviously going into a professional career you're going to be training the whole time and then of course you're going to have time for recovery as well but do you have is there going to be a big challenge for you or is there anything that sticks out that is kind of worrying you heading over <laughs> no not really i suppose the biggest thing for me will be learning how to relax and to recover and all that like uh, yeah i'd be all right recovering doing all that but i'm a person between nine to five working and then doing extra stuff um outside of work that maybe it's involved because of sports whatever it is presentations or, or different things like that um I, i'm quite a person that's always on the go you know there's no no real downtime there's no sitting down watching telly for four or five hours in the evening it's, i'm always doing something from that point of view it's probably going to be a little bit of a, a shock to the system that you, you have to relax and you have nothing to do and you're not going to be going to work mm -hmm. and you know you're going to have plenty of time in your hands from the professional setup no because while we're, while we're an amateur sport here we probably train as much as professionals if not semi-professionals and i'd be probably doing less training in sydney than i would be doing if i was at home you know i'm you know when you're at home during peak season here you're trying to maybe train five six nights a week you know in Sydney um, you know I'll be max training four four times a week probably only three um, you know I'll do extra work myself but that'll be just basically just on skills it won't be any physical work um, but that's what it is so like you know you were only contracted to train so many hours in the week 
we probably train more between Mayo and Carnacon um, in the week here. So from that point of view, I'm not worried about that. Um, obviously, it's it's a different game, so the skills of the game, I'm worried about picking them up. It's quite a physical game. Um, I, I think I should be able to manage in that regard. But just to learn a lot of the stuff that I wouldn't know, the rules of the game, and you know just how it's played. And you know, I've watched a good bit of it. I was sent home with a lot of tapes and matches from last year, so I've watched a bit of that. But till they're actually out there and learning, um, you know, it's 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 going to be something new to you. Um, I suppose, obviously, from my point of view of my age, you know, whether your body hold up. I suppose I've been lucky enough from the point of view of injury-wise. I, I, I'm lucky enough. I've kept injury-free, but you know, I, I'm not having a break now. You know, I'm 11 months going at this stage. Yeah. Um, coming into the 12th month now, and you know, I'll have another four, four-ish months to go. So it's a 16-month season. Please God, the body will hold up. You know, um, so it's difficult. I'm going in. Most of the girls that are there will be just starting pre-season after a good break. I'm going after a slog of a year mm. into a pre-season into more year. But you know, the club will manage that. You know, there's plenty of professional people there that will. You know, watch my training load and, and watch all of that. So I'm not really concerned. The biggest challenge, challenge will be just to pick up the skills of the game, and I need to do that in quite a quick, quick turnaround in time. How about the social side of things? You know, obviously you've been playing with Mayo for 23 years. Uh, Peter Leahy, we were talking to him, uh, you know, earlier on in the year, yeah. and he was telling us that you always have, you know, a carload of young girls. You have young girls coming into the Mayo setup. They all know you. They all look up to you. The Mayo news was giving out great stats of you before the All-Ireland final um, you've scored 57% of, of Mayo scores since you started so I suppose now you're going into new territory where although you will be a leader because you'll be you know a main player but there's going to be a new bunch of girls I suppose you're not going to you know have all them young girls I suppose kind of looking up to you because it's a completely new game now in Australia. Yeah so it's obviously it's going to be a different challenge and which is good um, you know, maybe there might be less pressure on me going out there. Um, you know, there'll be probably more pressure from people here in Ireland to be looking to see how you're mm. doing. Yeah. But I don't think there's going to be pressure on me from over there. Well, well, certainly not from within the club. There might be a bit of media pressure on over there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be totally different in the regard. Yeah, you can be a leader, and I'll still be a leader, and you'll, you'll try that. That's natural, and you can't help that mm. anyways. But yeah, you'll, I'm going to have to try and find people now that I can learn off, rather than it's normally the other way around with the Zoom girls probably learning off yeah. me and you know I'm minding them I'll probably have to try and you know find people that you know maybe that were similar personalities that I you know that I learn a lot off and you know you learn a lot off the coaches and you know I'll probably have to find girls on the team that are in similar positions to me on the team and you know try and try and soak up as much information off them and learn as much off them it's going to have to be done very quickly as I said you know I go over I think I have maybe two weeks with them, they go on their two week um, uh, Christmas break and then they come back and we've three weeks and we're into, we're into competition so time isn't time isn't on my side in that regard but you know I suppose uh, you know I'm a quick learner in regards to picking up sports you know I've played rugby I've played soccer you know and, and any of them I know they're natural sports more so in Ireland to us but um, it's a very much a kick and catch game it, it can be quite tactical alright but you know it's it'll be still working as hard as you can all I can do maybe here when I'm playing football I'm trying to improve everyone else and make them better and spend more time looking after younger girls and the team and how we're set up and you know that's just a natural thing to me now um, and worrying about is everything done right is have we enough things of training and this and that where I'll just be going out and worrying about myself now and worrying about trying to make myself better so as I said it, that'll be a strange thing to do but you know it, maybe it'll be a good thing in the sense that I just have to look after myself now rather than looking after maybe you know a couple of other players in the team or how we're you know everything the whole setup you know because as an older player within Mayo 
myself and Yvonne probably especially have been doing that in the last number of years. You know, we've been making sure everyone's happy and training's going well and we've the right management in and you know, with even with Peter coming in this year, you know, we'd have had you know, talk to our management that we needed to change things up and you know, it's a natural thing I do myself and Fiona McHale do in club all the time, you know, we, we take training sometimes, we have a very good coach but if he's not there we, we take it, you know, we're directing everything so it's 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 nothing new but to maybe to have time to just work on yourself and, and, and make yourself a better player will hopefully be a good thing for me. Um, you talked a bit there about media out in Australia but I just want to talk to you a bit about the attendance of the Ladies All-Ireland, you know, this year and of course you know, back when you were playing in your first All-Ireland final, I'm sure the attendances were completely different. Yeah, I suppose the first All-Ireland final we played in, I think there was about just under 20,000 and obviously um, this year um, there was four, just over 47,000. Um, but I suppose by the time we, we played our last All-Ireland in our run, when we were winning All-Irelands, 2003, um, there was 35,000 that day at the All-Ireland. Um, so, you know, the record was only actually broken in 2016 from the 2003 All-Ireland. So, John, that was a Mayo Dublin final in 2003 again. So, uh, yeah, it's great obviously to run out and see the crowds that are there and obviously 47,000 is huge and you know I hope that that will increase every year um, you know probably a lot of it's down to the promotional work that Lidl have done in the last two years um, in ladies football um, through all their campaigns their TV ads their billboard ads and obviously just all media that they've done um, but some of it's down to who's in the All-Ireland final as well. You yeah, know, Mayo brought a massive Yeah, so it's, it's Mayo-Dublin, it's like the minutes. Mayo-Dublin, yeah. both counties will bring a lot, I suppose. Yeah. You know, Cork have been there for the, for, for in finals for the last maybe 10 or 11 years and probably wouldn't have the you know, the greatest of support in regards that they've, they've, a, they've a men's football team and they've hurling that's very strong and then they've camogie, they've very, you know, in that regard. And then they, they, they've more probably other sports, like Mayo is a football mad county, it's, it's the main sport. Um, while Dublin will be pretty much the same that they're a football mad county. So I do think the Mayo-Dublin final was a huge attraction and, you know, I hope that next year whoever's in the final, that there, whoever the teams are, can bring that amount of support again or that ladies football will work on getting the attendances up. Obviously you can know by the All-Ireland final it's a huge amount of school kids that are at it and younger girls and teenagers, which is great because they wouldn't get the opportunity maybe the week before to go and see Mayo-Dublin in the Min because of the ticket hunt. And um, So that's great for them and you know obviously I've met plenty of people since the All-Ireland that say you know oh, we're up there and the whole family's up there and my daughter's up there and even last night at the All-Stars you know and none of them were Mayo people that I met but where there are a lot of families I think they were from Offaly, I met some from Kildare from Roscommon that you know busloads from clubs went up because it gives the girls the opportunity to see um, Crow Park on All-Ireland final day so from that point of view it's great and you know I hope that uh, the LGFA will, will spend time this year promoting that and getting the crowds bigger for next year but also you know I'd be very much a believer that it's not just All-Ireland final day that you need the crowds to be work on maybe getting semi-finals yeah. big, bigger and then go down and work on getting quarter-finals bigger or work on getting them um, attached to some big men's game as well um, because you know there is it goes from a semi-final of maybe two or three thousand at I, you know at a guess to an All-Ireland final where it's 47,000 so there's huge discrepancies there but it's not that you just work on one thing for the year that you have to work on many things and sometimes that disappoints me we can be quite tokenistic we're like for example we got to play in Crow Park before the Dublin Roscommon League match this year we played Dublin in the maybe fourth or fifth round of the league in, in March yeah. but that was the only match that happened this year where we're here in Mayo and Mayo are playing 
someone in McHale Park and we're down in Swinford playing someone else at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, there needs to be more um, collaboration between the both organisations, um, the GEA and, and LGFA, that, you know, that that's happening on a regular basis and it's not just happening in, in, in a once-off um, situation every year. Yeah. There is fantastic work, you know, done to promote ladies football, but um, do you feel that it does come at a price in other areas? Um, for instance, if somebody makes a mistake on the football pitch, there's video evidence, it's up on social media, there's loads of comments about it. Um, I suppose before the All-Ireland Final, there was comments about uh, referees and how you might influence the how you might influence the referees yeah is it that side of things you know social media the ladies you know Gaelic game growing that you have that sort of criticism to deal with as well especially with yourself because you're such a high profile player you know if somebody else maybe that isn't as high profile makes a mistake or maybe gets a sin bin there isn't going to be you know criticism because they're not widely known whereas you are so I suppose you have that pressure to deal with as well yeah well, I suppose yeah 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 obviously it is a pressure but you try to stay off as much as you can on social media you know um, people are always going to try and knock people there at the top um, whether yeah. it's you know teams or individuals or whatever it is you know you know they're always not you know they're always not wanting them to be there so if, whether it's the Dublin men at the moment and the men's footballers was the Cork ladies and the women's footballer whoever it is you know it's if, if it's in the premiership they always want to knock the best and and and, and and talk about them. Um, yeah, so from that point of view, yeah, there's extra pressure. Um, to me, it wouldn't hugely bother me once it doesn't get too personal and it's not bringing anything in relation to family and our friends in any regard. It can get quite personal sometimes, you know, matches, um, certainly not Crow Park, but club matches or um, possibly club matches or maybe Mayo matches that are, you know, maybe a league matches, not that many at. And I have family sitting in the stand and my niece and nephews now are growing up and yeah. they're getting to know what bad words are and if there's people shouting abuse and they know they're shouting about Anticora then I don't like that side of it because yeah. you know they don't know why they're shouting at me or what why the bad language is being used or they're asking their their granddad or asking their mommy or whoever's at the match with them why are they saying that to Anticora and then they'll come home and ask me so from that sort of point of view I don't like that from a social media point of view you can kind of remove yourself from it it's probably I'm, I'm better able to deal with it I know in the instance, there was a couple of um, different videos that went up on social media after one or two of our matches this year, and maybe targeting one or two of our younger players. And I think for them, that's very, it's very difficult for them to deal with because maybe they're 21, 22, and not used to that level or volume of social media attention. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, is they certainly need to do it with the whole referee and comment and and all that. You know, that that was a, obviously a, a bait the media took from Mick Bohan, and it was quite good on his behalf to try and influence the referee he's trying to do the best for his team and um, you know and what he was trying to do was get one up on Mayo and put the referee under a bit of pressure and maybe when he was out in Crow Park on All-Ireland final day that he was saying oh maybe I can't give her a free now and you know these things happen it's happening in the men's side of the game but I think that you know in that regard these things do come out that the ladies the LGFA have to clamp down on that and say well, do you know what there's a rap on the knuckles to a manager that says that or if there's a rap on the knuckles for a player that says that but from a personal point of view does it affect me uh, no absolutely not um, as I said once it doesn't get Personal and it's bringing in any family members. I can take all of the abuse that I get, but once.
once it doesn't um, go further and, and um, um, impinge or certainly on my family or, or my closest friends. And I know at times it can. I know, uh, you know, club matches this year, even in the last couple of couple of weeks, um, you know, my family wouldn't stand in the stands. They'd stand outside the stand because of the abuse that maybe be shouted. Um, which, you know, from a point of view, you know, I again, I'm only another one player in the Carnegie team out of 27 yeah. or 28, but. Yeah. There'll be probably most of the abuse, you know, is um, directed towards me. Um, you know, I take it as a compliment because you know people are trying to knock you all the time yeah. um, because you're at the top. But um, as I said, once it doesn't impinge on family or, or my niece mm. and nephews aren't picking it up, um, you know, it's nothing. There's nothing much you can do about it. Um, you know, referees can't really control what's said in the stand. They control what's done on the pitch. But I think ladies' football maybe need, need to do more around it, and especially protect our younger players that are coming up. You know, that are maybe 17, 18. 19, even 20, and, and, and protect them on how to deal with social media and the pressures of social media because it's only going to get worse. You spoke there about your family, and <clears throat> clearly, you know, you can always see your nieces and nephews pictured with you in photos and stuff. You're very obviously close to them. You mentioned there as well that you're going out to your brother in Australia, you'll get to see him a lot more. Um, but one thing that strikes me with people that I know in the, you know, in Ladies Gaelic, uh, when you spoke about your mum and how sport helped you you know, after she passed away. And I think that really helped girls, like that's the positive side of the media. Um, but I suppose you've had a lot of success in your career, you know, with your teams, with, you know, club yeah. and with Mayo winning All-Ireland's kind of titles. And of course, you collected your 11 All-Star um, just last night. Um, but I suppose you have all these special moments. Is there a certain moment that stands out that, you know, that you'd really miss her and, you know, kind of wish that she was there to witness your success because you are the top ladies footballer in the country? I, I, I don't know. It's very difficult to p probably pick out a top moment um, in sport because, like, when you're in the present now, you know, our last win with Karen O'Connor, the last Connacht title with Karen O'Connor is probably the, the special moment now. Um, I, you know, I find it very hard maybe to reflect back on everything because I'm, I'm still playing and still yeah. involved and still craving to win and, you know, to win a club All-Ireland next weekend or whether it was winning All-Ireland in May or this year. So, I do, you know, you, you struggle to maybe pick out special moments because, you know, I couldn't rate one higher than the other. You know, as I said, maybe 2002 was um, a year, um, you know, that we won what may all at the All-Ireland and I think it was maybe seven, eight weeks later I was lucky enough to captain Carnegie to their first All-Ireland which is 15 years ago now which is amazing to think that 15 yeah. years on you know I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be captain again um, next weekend going in for another club final but yeah I suppose it's, it's things like that um, it'd be you know it's probably smaller things that you need it's maybe advice that you could do with getting um, you know when maybe the pressure comes on or, and stuff like that so yeah you, you obviously all these moments that you're around but you know I've you know, obviously, great, a great family. My dad is there, and you know, as I said, I'm very close to my brothers and sisters, and the, uh, obviously, all their kids. You know, you know, my my sister in particular that lives just up the road from me. You know, I see her three girls every day, and you know, I'm very close to them, and they're mad into football, and you know, even now, like at, at the, the oldest is seven, the youngest is three. They're you know, they're mad into Carnacon, and you know, they're mm -hmm. at training, and they're coming to the matches, and they're on the bus, and all of that. Like, but like, I want to be able to create an environment for them and to show them that it's you know. It's all about hard work, and you know, just that you know that it's all about making friends. Like you know, my my own personal friends that I have, and most of them are footballers, would be 
very good friends with all my family and they just see they talk about my friends all the time and I want to show them that sport especially can give them a lot of, a lot of things like that it's an important for them to be involved in it. whether they're ever good at it or not it doesn't matter um, but I would push them to be involved in something because um, I, th I think physical activity and, and especially sports and team sports because I've never played individual sport give you so much give you so much and you know you know I go around and I was working with Sky for a couple of years going around to schools and giving motivational talks and stuff and kids would always ask you that what was your best achievement and I'd say they're all great where are my all Ireland medals they're probably I, I, in the attic trying to find them um, but I like I'll, I'll always tell them sport has given me the best thing about it is being my friends and what I've got from from that is them they're there now they'll be there in five years time when I won't be playing sport and we've had massive memories all throughout the years you know you know, I'm best friends with girls that are 21 and 22, and they're 13 years, 13 years younger than me. And girls, obviously, my own age as well. But you know, there's no, there's no difference between us, and that's really what sport brings. We treat each other all the same, no matter what age they are. And even in our club team, we have a girl as young as 14 that will start next weekend. Do you know? So there's what, like, there's 21 years of a difference between us, but, you know, we're treated as equals, we all go out on the pitch as equals, yeah. and, you know, it's great to see that, and I love to see young girls like that coming through, because that was me at one stage in my career, and I had people that was pushing me on, and I hope the likes of me, and maybe Martha, and Fiona McHale, and uh, Marie Corbett, and Michelle McGing, and Sharon McGing are pushing them girls on to be something, and that they'll, they'll do our job when we retire, and they'll push other girls on, so it's just like a conveyor belt that you keep going, and mm -hmm. it keeps moving. The French is you know clear one thing that you definitely hold close you know to your sporting days it was very clear in your WGPA video um, how did they I suppose the core girls that Mayo team cope when you told them that you weren't going to be playing with Mayo for the league this year anyway uh, yeah, I suppose you know, they're absolutely delighted and you know I've you know, a couple of very close friends in the team that are playing obviously Yvonne will be my closest friend or goalie um, you know, I, I'd have discussed with Yvonne. Yvonne had known all about Australia a long time ago. Um, mm -hmm. She'd be helping me devise plans to come up with, to sort a couple of things out. Um, and obviously, Martha and Marie and Doreen and Fiona and all of them, you know, a lot of them would know a lot of stuff well before it comes out. Um, so, yeah, they're absolutely fine about it. They see it's a huge opportunity, um, you know, that you're getting to play professional sport. They're very excited about it. They're hoping to come out sometime in February and come out for a week or so and watch a game or two while they're out there. Um, so from that point of view, you know, them girls, most of them are like myself coming towards the end of their career. Maybe Martin, Fiona, or Martin, Yvonne more so than Fiona and Marie. Obviously not during, she's in a different age bracket. But, you know, they, they, they'd be probably, if again, I don't know what their um, plans are for next year, but if they are to play, you know, earliest stages of the league probably wouldn't be for them. And, you know, if they are to be playing, it'll be championship football. Um, but, you know, obviously the younger girls in the team, you know, would always be wondering, are you coming back? And I suppose this probably gives Mayo a good set and going into next year that, you know, they know I'm not there and maybe it's a good thing. You know, I've played, I think, most leagues for the last 23 years. Missed one, I think, in 2008 when I threw my cruciate and had it, had it operated on. But I've been there for everything. So sometimes it's maybe good that the older players maybe step away and new leaders are, are created. And I suppose, you know, in particular, the older girls in the team, myself and Yvonne, has been trying to do that, try to create new leaders in the team. The girls are maybe 24, 25, and even younger, and make them, again, like club football, make them bring everyone else along and, you know, do the job that maybe we've been doing um, for the last maybe 15 years. And, you know, that's what we need to do, you know. To, I want to always leave Mayo football in a good place. I don't want to leave it in a bad place when we go. I want them to succeed and do very well. Um, and, you know, I hope that will happen whenever 
whatever the time is that we'll step away. Well, it's very clear that it's important you know, for you to bring on the younger girls and stuff, but it's not just the girls in Mayo that you want to bring on as well. Um, I spoke to uh, a few girls in St Joseph's, Rocha Bridge, and I suppose everybody sees, you know, competitive Cora, 11-time um, All-Star Cora on the pitch, you know, very competitive. But I suppose a lot of people don't see the Cora that takes an interest into other girls giving back. Um, you know, you called into St Joseph's, Rocha Bridge, and you wrote them an email. And I suppose people don't hear about that side of you. You keep that quiet, but you definitely do that in different parts of the country. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, it'd be a huge part of what I do. I always feel it's important that you give back. Um, yeah, as I said, like, you know, I, I'd be flat out, I'd be busy all the time, and that's be one, you know, one aspect of things that I, at least maybe once, if not twice, the week for the whole of the year, I'd be doing some type of um, talks or presentations or openings or whatever it is that you'd be asked to do. I try and do as many things as I can. Obviously, sometimes it's just not possible between training and work and all that. Um, now, even as of last week, I was over knocking the Basilica. There was um, school awards on called the, the John Paul Second Awards to a group of uh, school kids, transitioner kids mainly, not all, but mostly from transitioners over schools from Mayo, Mayo and um, Galway. So there's 550 kids getting these awards, and it was all about community spirit and helping um, in your own community and that. So yeah, you know that's an example of one thing you'd be at. Many medal presentation in Rotterdam Bridge. I got asked to come up and. Um, do um, a presentation to them um, for their Lindstrom medals that they won and give them a talk and um, they'd won camogie and, and football that year for the school and they were going on to obviously the All-Ireland Series and I just said to the, to the principal you know please God I was telling just telling them not just to settle for Lindstrom and to go on and you know try try and go try out for the All-Ireland and push out for them and you know that happened they were lucky enough they didn't I just said to the principal you know um, again anytime that you need me back let me know if it suits me I'll be I'll, I'll drive up whatever um, and luckily enough I you know I'd follow a bit on Twitter and stuff and I found out that they're in the had been the football final was coming up so I just threw an email into the I found the school address email on the website and just threw in an email and you know obviously um, they obviously went on to win it so I went back to do their um, All-Ireland medal presentations yeah but they're just small things you know there's many things like that that you do all the time whether it's taking training sessions you know anything you know most of the time anyone that asks me to do anything with, with teenagers or young kids I, I'll have absolutely no problem doing it once I have the time um, you know there is certain times that you let people down and you're just not able to do it but majority of the time you will do it and you, and you give your time and you know my family and friends will tell you that most evenings I'm gone doing something or helping someone out and it is probably an aspect people don't see um, that you know all the extra work that you're doing um, outside of the football pitch and you're dead right you know people only see you on the, on, on the TV or on the paper or if they're there physically at the match and yeah, there's certainly a difference between the person that you are on the football yeah. pitch and the person you are on the pitch and yeah I suppose and you know that's the way you are um, you know and people have a, a perception of uh, what you're like you know I'm completely different to the person I'm off the football pitch I'd be quite um, you know bare within my own uh, circle that I'm comfortable in my own friends I'd be quite shy off the pitch and you know quite shy so socially and, and stuff like that but people don't see that but I've got better because I have to have got better because from a, a from a talking point of view if you're asking me to do this maybe when I was a young 18, 19, 20 year old I wouldn't do it um, so yeah you have to get better at things like that but yeah I, you know I love helping out because there's a new generation coming when I was a young person growing up I didn't really have any female role models bar Sonia O'Sullivan but I was never going to be a runner 
but that's the only person I looked up to when I was going to presentations whether it was when I was playing with the lads teams or the girls teams it was always a fee or male that came to present her medals it was always Kira McDonald or John Casey or someone else it was never we never had anyone female come and present her medals or do that so that's why I think it's important that you go to these events as many of them as you can or whatever it is you know 20 minutes after the match and you're still out on the, on the field standing for a photo or signing an autograph I think it's very important because girls need role models and you know I, you know, I realise that I'm one of them so I try, I try and give us back as much as I can. So obviously you're asked to different schools for a reason um, you're the best ladies footballer in the GEA, 11 All-Stars um, the stats in Mayo speak for themselves but obviously you're going into your 12th month now and then you're going into pre-season in Australia and then the games after that but the question is how do you do it how do you stay on the top of your game for so long I suppose uh, it's very difficult I suppose it's, I don't really know any different I suppose you know um, I'm, I'm an all-or-nothing type of person so I'm either all-in or not-in so I, I make a conscious decision and the older girls will be the same if we, we do go back with Mayo or whatever year it's been we always have gone back in January we don't believe in that you come back in March or April and miss a lot of the league and come in for championship you know once you're over a certain age we're all-in and I suppose the reason we probably do that is because we want to be there showing the younger girls this is how it's done um, you know I'm leading the team on and kind of making the younger ones you know mentally tough and more resilient because I suppose that can be maybe a weakness in a lot of players that are coming into the panel and maybe not used to um, you know the tough environment of, of maybe senior intercounty football so it's good to be there in the mix like with them and pushing them on and they're pushing you on and um, I suppose that's one of the, the main reasons is, you know where does it all come from or why? I, I suppose I've, I've had a great grounding in football and, uh, you know, I, sp I suppose I look at club football, that's probably been the basis of everything. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate and, you know, very lucky, you know, that I'm from an exceptionally good club, you know, that we've won so much. You know, I didn't really know much more different than only winning growing up. Yeah, we obviously lost the odd match here and there. Um, within 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 Mayo, I think I lost one underage match at an under-16 county final, and within Mayo as well for at senior level, we've only lost one county title, and that's back in 1999. So we haven't, we don't really lose much within the club, within Mayo, within Connacht, we haven't lost very much either. I think you know we've 16 Connacht titles at a senior level, we've lost three. Um, and obviously we've you know we lost more when we got out of, of obviously Connacht you know but we've still won five All Ireland's I think we've been in three more I think we're going into our ninth one now so it's that ground and it's that culture coming up you know we've created an environment there that you know we expect no less than that everyone's at training and pushing themselves hard and no matter if it's me or if it's Fiona McHale or it's, it's one of our girls that are 14 or 15 we expect the same from everyone um, so I think that's where it's came from it's came from our management you know growing up and I just think our, it's you know and people would say it like within Mayo girls that play on the Mayo team that don't play with Karen Acone, you know we're probably slightly little bit of different um, people out there maybe just a different breed and I think that's from our ground and when we're younger I suppose that that kind of winning mentality and that wanting to be your best and you know driving yourself on and pushing yourself on maybe came from there and you know uh, you know I've been fortunate enough as well that you know I, I have been given a talent and you know there's no point wasting it and you know you know I enjoy sports and I'm very competitive and I want to win and I want to push myself to limits and obviously I suppose that's shown you know, at 35 heading off to Australia to try a whole new game you know something new um, 
But I suppose that's the main reason. It's, there's no magic secret to it. Um, as I said, I've been lucky enough, you know, I've had a great ground in where I've come from, from my family and obviously from my club. And, you know, I'm no different when I go to care in the country and I'm no different. I'm treated the exact same as every other individual that's out there. You know, three of us came home from the All-Stars today, myself, Fiona and Martha. We were at club training and, you know, we're mixing in in with everyone again there's no big hullabaloo yeah they might say congrats and that's it we get on with things and we expect no different and you know we're again you're just you're i'm just coring karen Cohn. i'm not anyone else i'm not core the footballer or, or who has won whatever i'm just i'm just me and um, you know i hope to you know have i know i have inspired girls in our club and hope to maybe give them a grounding that i was given when i was younger well you are the ladies first ladies footballer to be scouted for uh, afl club do you believe that it's going to be a trend for the future? Uh, I think there, it'll happen that there will be more. I don't think there'll be a huge amount. Um, because the way the AFL um, system is set up, this is the second year, obviously, it's professional. Next year, it'll be the third year. There's eight teams this year. Next year, there'll be 10 teams. So the season will be longer. Um, so that's the following season, then it goes to 14 teams, so the season will even be longer again. Um, and I think eventually they're hoping, I think by 2021, or around that, to go to an 18-team 18, 18 season. So that means it'll go full, fully professional like the men. That you, you know, at the moment I'm only going in over, over four months because that's all the season lasts for. I think next year it might last for five. The following year then it'll be lasting for for more six plus and then it'll go on to nine month season so you won't have the opportunity that if you want to play afl and play gaelic that you won't have that opportunity you'll have it this year and possibly next year but after that you're either in you're either in afl or you're in gea um, so there is a carrot there with me that you can still play both. So you can go and play AFL and still come back and play your inter-county season. But that carrot will be gone very shortly. Also, from the point of view, the, the game is only going to suit a certain type of player. It's not going to suit all type of footballers. Um, as I said earlier on, it's a quite quite a physical game. Um, there's, you know, all all rules are, you know, you're allowed to do most of the things that you wouldn't be allowed to do in ladies football from a physicality point of view, shouldering and, um, you know, everything is allowed, bear push in the back, you can push someone to the ground and do whatever you want, so it's physical from that point of view. Um, and there's a lot a lot of games that are different and skills that are different, so yeah, I, I can see there'll be a couple of girls that maybe go to Australia for the year um, as part of their travels, that might, you know, take it up for six months and travel for the other six months and within Australia, but I don't see a huge amount amount of girls exiting, like, like in the men's, you know, I think we've had maybe 30 guys from the GA over the course of it that's gone out to play AFL, we've maybe seven or eight from Ireland out there, there won't be a huge amount, um, but there will be a couple I'm sure that will try it, um, um, and Irish girls, maybe they just want to travel, um, they might not all be massive household names, there will be some that will be, um, you know, as I said, but that carrot of being able to play both will be gone maybe within the next year or two. So I think that will stop a lot of girls from actually going because they'll still want to come and play with their county. Well, there is a you know an Irish base out there. There's a lot of males out there, you know, playing AFL. Um, have you got any advice from them, or is there anybody lending advice to you? Yeah, no, they've been hugely, you know, hugely supportive. Yeah, that's one thing I couldn't get over. Obviously, when the news broke, it was a it was a Wednesday over in Australia, so it was. Um, 
it was Wednesday night, uh, it was Tuesday, Tuesday night over here coming into the morning. So obviously when the news broke, I was in bed and there was, a, you know, obviously a lot of contact between that point from when I, you know, that Wednesday here in Ireland to when I come home and then obviously when I come home. But yeah, certainly, um, you know, I've had a lot of the footballers I spoke to Zach too. When I was out there, he rang me. He, he lives in Melbourne. I was in Melbourne when I was over there as well. And, you know, Anthony, I want her any help. He's been a great help to me. Colin O'Reardon, he plays with the Sydney Swans, so he's in the same city as me. He's been on to me as well, as has Ty Canelli. Um, I spoke to Tommy Walsh from Kerry as well at Colin Cooper's testimonial, offered me loads of advice, and there's been plenty of other guys as well that's, that's played the game out there. Probably going to miss a few, but, you know, there has been great support. Okay, we just have a quick little test for you before you head over to Australia, just with key terms and stuff. So the first question is, what is a ball magnet? Jesus Christ, you put me on the spot. Uh, no idea. Uh, someone that wins the ball or something, or the ball is attached to them. Yeah, okay, somebody that wins a large amount of possession. Okay, yeah. so we'll give you half of our okay. uh, The next one is, what is ball up? Ball up? Yeah. Uh, where does it throw the ball up? Or, I don't know, yeah. I'm just, no idea. So it's the restart of play oh, after yeah. the ball goes out. Yeah. Okay. No idea. You get that one And yeah. um, what is behind? Oh yeah, behind is when you don't score through the goal, so it's the other two posts to the side, so you get a point for it. Okay, good. Uh, what is blue? Yeah, blue is a mistake or if you do something wrong, I know that one. Yeah. Uh, disposal? Yeah, disposal is like attacking, so if you tackle someone and they drop the ball. Okay, just two more. Yeah. Um, kick a bag? Like, no idea, absolutely no idea. Just doesn't sound too good though. Okay, so you could be referred to kick a bag. So it's a player that kicks uh, a large amount of scores right, in the game. Okay, okay. So you know that's, that that's one. A good yeah. <laughs> we'll be watching out for that one. And the last one, uh, yeah. the ladder. What is the ladder? The ladder would be like the lead two. Yeah. 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 Too bad. Exactly. So I'm looking for okay. a kick a bag to be one of them. God, that yeah. I, couldn't, like, I couldn't imagine that being <laughs> the GA. Okay, good. Not bad. Okay, yeah. good.